raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. I'm standing on the roof of my home right here in Braddock, Pennsylvania, right across the street from the Edgar Thompson plant. And I just have to say it's absolutely outrageous that they have sold themselves to a foreign nation and a company. Can't do that. Steel is always about security as well, too. And I am committed to doing anything I can do for using my platform or my position in order to block this. And I'm going to fight for the steel workers and their union way of life here as well, too. And we cannot ever allow them to be screwed over or left behind. That's John Fetterman. I... We said yesterday that the sale of U.S. Steel to Nippon Steel, Japanese uh, company, uh, uh, actually to the country of Japan, is not going to sit well in Pennsylvania. There are going to be elected officials who are definitely going to be speaking about, out about this on a security issue. The idea of U.S. Steel not being owned by a U.S. company. We actually said the words, Federman's going to say something. There it is. Somebody had uh, sent me a tweet yesterday that said the stroke fixed him. I, I, I don't know about that, but I don't know who this guy is compared to his history, compared to his past. Well, certainly the protection of unions, that's always been what he's about. But this is a much different guy. Now, I will continue the argument that I made then. He never should have been elected, and he never should have been allowed to serve in the U.S. Senate, ever. He wasn't well, he wasn't healthy, and you do not get yourself well while serving as a senator where you can be a threat to others. Tony Katz, that's me, by the way. 93 WIBC, good morning. But the sale of U.S. Steel, it's got people talking. And I have I have no doubt that the people of Western Pennsylvania, never mind possibly the whole of Pennsylvania, are going to have some words. Coming up uh, later at 8.15, I will be going one-on-one with the mayor of Lebanon, Matt Gentry, about this Leap District, about the water that's heading to that area, and his conversation uh, that the Citizens Action Coalition, their report on the water was disingenuous. We'll be talking about what the project is, how he sees it going, his response to those who may be in disagreement, the whole thing. Uh, The mayor of Lebanon, Matt Gentry, will be my guest at 8.15, so tune in for that. And as WIBC.com has been reporting... A first grader had a gun in their backpack. This was in Brownsburg. Um, it was at the at dismissal. An unloaded handgun fell out of a first grader student first grade student's backpack when the student was preparing to leave for the day. It was secured by uh, the Brownsburg Community School Corporation Police Department. The student says they didn't know that it was in their backpack. They've met with the school met with the student's family, believed it was put in the backpack inadvertently by someone other than the student. There will be appropriate consequences issued, and the student will not be at school while we have additional discussions with the family. Just as a a serious question, why not? I'm not condoning anything. I don't know how it got in there, and I don't mind if there are charges brought regarding the family. Does anybody think that the kid brought the fire? Is the kid the threat? I am only making an argument that just because something bad happens, and we don't want first graders with guns, I think we can all just simply agree on this one. 
in schools, we don't want first graders with guns walking down the street. We don't want it. What good does keeping them out of class do? I don't have an answer to that question. I don't know what good it does. So I'm asking, why are we, why are we doing that? Family? There are going to be some questions and there may have to be some actions. Put a gun in a kid's backpack, there might be some actions. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. Still looking for things to purchase when I head down to Florida. Because you know the odds of me buying a car are 50-50. I don't need one. I I don't want one. I shouldn't spend the money. I'm just saying I'm going to be down there, and sometimes I can't help myself. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. So I'm looking, and now now I'm looking for old school Lincolns. I I don't know what I'm doing. It just maybe maybe it's about a dread of the whole trip. I mean, there are people I want to see. There's some family I want to see, but like, I guess with like all those trips, there's this little I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. A little voice in the back of the head. It's like, wouldn't you just rather just stay home? Wouldn't you just rather hide under the covers? What? Maybe that's maybe that's what's what's happening. What what what's what's going on? Here, uh, turns out people not fans of Joe Biden and the constant push to get him not to run continues and it continues in, in, in two very, very interesting ways. I'll get to one of them coming up. This was MSNBC getting together with a, a group of young voters Young voters, it's it's three men, one woman, the woman's wearing a mask. The three guys are, are trying to compete for most beta. But, uh, of course, they're betas, so they don't know how to compete. It's sad. It's sad. I'm, I'm just saying, my visual is, that's not, uh, you know, maybe they'll grow out of it. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's all for. This was interesting from NBC. And it's and it's and it's stage one of the popcorn moment. Let's go, let's go, let's go. It's a story you need to hear to believe, then grab your popcorn because there is more. I share this with you because it is very obvious that people have decided they have to move Biden out. And they're gonna do this any way they can. This was uh this is out of Wisconsin. People talking, young people talking about Biden. Give me the emotion yeah. that you have looking at your choice this election. Not, not enthused. Uh, I'd say overall, I feel very pragmatic and strategic about it. All of these issues that that are popular with Democrats, he has not only not addressed, but often gone the entire opposite way on. I mean, I can look at like almost every issue in my head that's important to me, and. I see a failure on Biden's part. You can say that Joe Biden's, you know, he's not as progressive as you'd like, or he's not this, he's too old. I mean, the guy is at least reasonable and has some sort of logic to what he does and understands the basics of, I guess, how to be a president in some ways. Even if I'm not enthused to, like, effectively elect my grandpa a second time, (laughs) boy, do I want to keep the other guy out. If the election were tomorrow, what would you do? I... 
I don't think I'd vote for him. I don't, I wouldn't, I still couldn't, you know, obviously I could not bring myself to vote for Trump, but it would be the first time I think if I had to choose tomorrow, it would be the first time I think I'd vote for someone else, like third party. So the, the, um, the, the visual is, is, is admittedly horrifying. Um, but this is, this is MSNBC punching their guy directly in the face. And that does not happen by happenstance. Sometimes if there's a live thing and someone says something, all right, it sneaks through. That's the way it, 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 it is. You know, it, it's the whole let's go Brandon chant, stuff like that. But this is Dane County, Dane County, Wisconsin, where uh, progressivism grows on trees. Dane County is Madison, University of Wisconsin, Madison. Uh, Madison is Cal Berkeley without the weather. Uh, what I think Madison, they refer to Madison, Wisconsin as, you know, was it, 18 square miles surrounded by reality? Some, some number uh, like that. And they're saying it. They're letting you know. Everything you have thought. Guys, everything you have thought and you have said about replacing Joe Biden on the ticket, you were right. I said it's too late to replace him. And you said they'll replace him at the convention, Tony. These are Democrats. There's no shame. You are correct. Take that to the bank. Take it home with you. 100% accurate. This is going down. And yes, yes, I am the guy who said it. I have said it on TV. I have said it here. I don't think that there is any question that they're not going to at least try to replace Joe Biden, not with Gavin Newsom, certainly not with Kamala Harris, but with Michelle Obama. Oh my God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. What? They need a name. They need a name. Kamala Harris cannot get a vote. Gavin Newsom is uh, a white guy. OMG. Are you kidding me right now? I am not. Uh, but, you know, when you're, when you're part of such a bigoted party as the political left, uh, you vote only on skin color. So I could be wrong about this, about who they eventually pick, but I'm not wrong about the idea that she's on the list. She's on the list. You were right. I expect this to happen at the convention this summer. Oddly enough, this is not the craziest thing that has happened today. The craziest thing that has happened is a Q&A being done by the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, on a scale of one to insane, on a scale of one to you should really walk away right now. Um... This is as you should walk away right now as it gets. This is nuts. You might have to hear it twice. It's so crazed. He has asked a simple question as far as as, as I see it. Um, 
about life in New York. The 2023 has been a, a very, very busy year. The question first. Mr. Mayor, we've come to the end of what was a very eventful 2023, right? <laughs> so when you look at the totality of the year, if you had to describe it, and it's tough to do, in one word, what would that word be? And tell me why. Okay. It's not the biggest question in the world. Tough year. How would you describe that year? In a word, describe uh, what word would describe 2023 and tell me why. I asked, here's the question again. You might want to hold on to your hats. If you had to describe it, and it's tough to do, in one word, what would that word be and tell me why? Uh, New York. Uh, this is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center to a, a person who's celebrating a new business that's open. Uh, this is a very, very complicated city, and that's why it's the greatest city on the globe. I'm just going to. Do I need to play that again? Do I? Do I? If you had to describe it, and it's tough to do, in one word, what would that word be, and tell me why? Uh, New York. Uh, this is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center to a, a person who's celebrating a new business that's open. Uh, this is a very, very complicated city, and that's why it's the greatest city on the globe. It's the greatest city. On the globe, because on any one day, you could celebrate a new business or the murder of 3,000 people. That's why it's the greatest city. Um, do, we, do we all need a, do all we need a minute? Uh, all right, here, here, here. <sighs> I, I'm, uh, uh, uh what I'm trying to say is oh, there's no words for how insane that is that that's that is madness that is twisted that's an that was an answer given by a politician by a human being you can open up a business or you can get killed. It's New York. Da, 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 da. Holy cow. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
so it's very clear, as I was discussing, that the push to replace Joe Biden is on. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. And we've discussed this in pieces before where people are starting to feel to feel that they can speak a, a little more freely about uh, what they see as, as, as an issue, which is, of course, his age, which is, of course, his capacity, a series of things. But they keep telling me about how great the Biden economy is. I've got people out there saying, we're, we're with Biden all the way. Gavin Newsom's giving this full-throated defense. Well, what else is he going to do? Um, uh, why would anybody think he's being replaced? But as you know, and as you've stated, they'll replace him if they feel that they can do better with somebody else. They will not think twice. They will not care. They will just replace him. Well, let's add now some, some proof to this theory. This is a story that was out of PJ Media. Joe Biden's brother was caught on tape in an FBI bribery sting. Now, a lot of this comes from a story from Real Clear Investigations, which uh, is really about Sarah Biden, the wife of Jim Biden, the sister-in-law of Joe Biden. It is chilling the amount of money that they have pilfered from people, uh, the amount of money that they've said, hey, we can do this for you, we can get you access to this one, and then they never did anything, and the lawsuits and everything else. It's nuts. It's crazy town that people do indeed act like this. But this was a story about James Biden, the brother of Joe Biden, who was caught on tape In the 90s, taking a bribe, the FBI has video. This involves a trial attorney in Mississippi by the name of Richard Scruggs, who went by the nickname of Dickie. Oh, I have to... I have to play it? All right. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, phrase it! That's what he calls himself. Um, And and how uh, it was, hey, you're the brother of Joe Biden. Maybe you can get something to to change on this legislation. And the next thing you know, the brother gets $100,000. And then the next thing you know, Joe Biden started supporting the legislation. Stunning how that works. PJ Media is, is part of the town hall group. Been around for forever. Uh, back in the day, I, I worked for PJ Media on, on, the, on the TV side, PJ TV. The PJ Media piece is based on a story and a report out of the Washington Post. And that's why you have to stop and say to yourself, wait a second, this is about replacing Joe Biden. Never mind how corrupt this Biden family is. The headline from Andrew McCarthy, former assistant U.S. attorney to the Southern District of New York. He writes for the New York Post, writes for Fox, he writes for National Review. The headline, as Dems panic over 2024... Washington Post dredges up Biden brothers' ties to corrupt Mississippi lawyer and associates. And he notes, as you do, the timing of the report is intriguing. Came out on Sunday. It's not just a report. It's a 4,000-word story in the Washington Post. Guys. How many more ways do you now need to see it? There comes a moment where you're like, oh, that's the proof. 
They're totally looking to replace Joe Biden on the ticket. In every single way, looking to replace Joe Biden on the ticket. And now the Washington Post is working in the burial game. And bribes? Well, isn't that the kind of stuff that James Comer and uh, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, and the Republicans have been talking about regarding impeachment? Tell me more about how there's no there there. Tell me more about how there was no selling of access there. I have got a Washington Post report and the FBI has tape. But tell me more. Yeah. Expect the change. Expect the change. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, I think the left got on this horse because they were trying to oppose everything Trump was doing back in 2016, who was pledging a border wall and border security. And so they tied themselves up into saying that they should just have an open border. When faced with the realities of that, whether it's Martha's Vineyard, whether it's New York City, whether it's Chicago, Los Angeles, they want nothing to do with the effects of an open border. The fact of the matter is you have major Democrats in this country now acknowledging you cannot have an open border. You cannot have 9 million people, 8 million people come in in a three-year period. We don't know who they are. They're imposing burdens on society, criminal aliens, fentanyl, the whole nine yards. This is probably, and you've pointed out, Biden's doing very poorly, but of all the things he's done, this may be the biggest dereliction of duty he has not satisfied his oath of office as president of the United States to keep this state country safe. Those are the facts as presented by Governor Ron DeSantis, presidential candidate. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Find everything WIBC.com. Find everything I'm doing at TonyKatz.com. That'd be great. I'd appreciate it. Right now, the border is beyond a mess. Things are worse than anybody is letting on. The amount of people crossing is remarkable. 2,000 migrants awaiting to be processed in Eagle Pass because they're just showing up and absolutely have Border Patrol overwhelmed. We cannot do this. Rail operations at the bridges at Eagle Pass in El Paso, Texas, suspended. That coming from Representative Henry Cuellar, Democrat of Texas. You had to stop the trains. And yet we are told that everything is fine. I have said it before. I will say it again. I favor shutting down the border completely. Until we have a plan, a series of plans. You know, we, last week we discussed uh, Border Week. We, we, we've gone through everything, and I've heard from you, and I appreciate that you enjoyed what we did. Uh, agreed on some things. Hey, what about this? Disagreed about other things. But we're, we're engaged. In, the, in this most important subject. And there's more than one piece to, to the border issue. But until we start putting in the pieces, we should shut it all down and pay no attention to lawsuits. And this is why elections matter. Because I would pay no attention to lawsuits. The President of the United States decides immigration policy. Congress, of course, can pass laws. And so it should. 
in this case, so it should, because a system that has not been, you know, properly uh, resolved since the 30s might need a little bit of touch up. But if I was president of the United States, I would shut it all down. I wouldn't care about the lawsuits. I wouldn't care about the judges. I would tell them to go raise an army and come at me. And I would tell those members of Congress who are open borders people to kiss my butt. I would tell them directly to their face. I'd walk into their office. You can't live like this. The country cannot survive like this. And you ask yourself, well, Tony, isn't that the point? It's the point. We're past the stage where we're going to pretend that we've just got levels of disagreement. The total stalemate leads to the untenable situation that leads to an impossible nation. You cannot survive like this. It cannot be done. So elections matter. And if your choice is Trump or Biden, you're going to hold your nose and not vote for Biden. Are we clear? It's time for a lot of growing up. Trump is better on the border than Biden. End of list. So is DeSantis. So would Haley be. I would hope. Better than Biden. But things only happen if, A, you have a president willing to look the other side in the eye and say, kiss off. We're not doing this anymore. We care more about kids than we care about your feelings. We care more about the kids coming across the border. We care more about the kids who live in the United States than you do. We're not doing this anymore. It's closed. And if we have to physically fight people at the border to make it stop, we're going to do it. We're going to send the message to every country in Central America, every country in South America, and our so-called friends in Mexico that this is over. Then we're going to work on the the legislative side to actually engage properly, like we should, on a series of subjects. This doesn't work. And for the Indiana Democratic Party or anybody else to not say it is not just a dereliction of duty, is hateful. The Indiana Democratic Party should be clear That what's happening in the border does not work. And yes, since every state is a border state, I want to hear from Jennifer McCormick on her thoughts about the border and how it affects the state of Indiana. I want to hear this from all the gubernatorial candidates who we will be reaching out to. We plan on doing the interviews in January and in February of the gubernatorial candidates, Republican and Democrat. We'll do the can- we're going to do the candidates in the 5th District because that's replacing Victoria Sparks. That's going to be a-, a big race. This subject is now yours. You don't get to ignore it. You don't get to avoid it. you got to have a stance. you got to have a place. Now, I would ask Governor Holcomb what his stance is, what his thoughts are. I don't know if I'll get them, but I'd ask. And I am asking, no one can stay silent. The country cannot survive like this. And no one is interested in the lies and the trash and the bull you know what that's coming from D.C. and the potted plants on TV telling you that everything's fine. It's not fine. Take a look. It's not fine.
Strength is needed. Leadership is needed. Today. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.